What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the latest episode of Can I Kick It? Brought to you by no one, by myself, you know, recording here today. Um, this is your host, as always, Elliot Barr. Just joining me is a guy that is low-key running USMNT and also the Columbus crew. He is the face of Two Cents FC. It's Mr. Todd Phillips. How are you doing, sir? Oh, man, I am feeling good. A little tired, but I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be here, man. Thanks for have me on and let's actually talk talk some shit i feel like we always talk in like the most random of forums so it's excited to be like as a guest on your show dude yeah man i mean we've been planning this interview for a while and we were like all right we finally got to do this it's true it's true this has been happening so but let, let's go ahead let's dive into it let's talk about it man like just recently, I want to say maybe in the last six months, you got a very interesting job. Do you mind telling the listeners what that job is and what does it entail? Yeah. So um, in August, I started as the new manager of supporter relations for the Columbus crew. Um, there, this summer, there was a bunch of different, um, I'll say moments and flashpoints that allowed the league to see that there's emphasis needed on the voice of the fans. Um, different teams are taking different approaches to it. Uh, but as of right now, Charlotte and ourselves are the two that like built the positions for it. Um, I think you've probably seen a lot more of the chief fan officer out in Charlotte. Like they're doing a lot of press and PR around it. Uh, but we actually like we both are, are doing the same thing. We're, we're figuring out how to, uh, number one, give the fans voice within the front office. Uh, number two, how do we expand like fan culture and atmosphere and in, in and outside the stadium? And then we're also expanding, like, or I shouldn't say expanding, we're identifying entry points in the fanhood. So how do we make sure that you come into contact with the crew? Uh, you that that coming into it is seamless. And after that, like what makes you want to go tell other people about the crew? So those that's what we do from day to day. Um, I started and hit the ground running. Like I think my first week was uh, our rivalry match, which is Hell is Real, Columbus and Cincinnati. And it's been 100 miles an hour every day since then. We're, we're in the off season now, but it feels like it even like ramped all the way back up even more. So it's it's been fun, dude. I can imagine it is. I mean, you pretty much you got a job where you can dictate what you want to do and how you want to control things. Like, you don't see that kind of freedom, especially when it comes to MLS. Like, how how is that knowing that you have the freedom to pretty much control this how you want to? Well, so I take it as honestly like an honor because they said Sean. Sean is the guy out in Charlotte. Uh, he and I honestly get to kind of write what the role looks like um, and assist other clubs in figuring out like what what we do, how we do it well, how it benefits the club. Uh, benefits the community we're, we're honestly writing the rules as we do it as, as i said like this is a brand new role um i i don't take the autonomy that i'm given lightly um i take it and i make sure i'm maximizing how i how i use it um, i do work uh across departments so everyone from ticketing um uh, i'm in technically marketing but i work alongside with uh, corporate partnerships team ops uh even stadium ops like every like all the departments I get to like have a voice within and help maximize what will be fanhood. So it's, it's great. I honestly, I like it. So. So pretty much if I'm understanding this correctly, you're like the connecting piece from the supporters group to the front office. So there's like an official voice. It is just not 50,000 people just blurting complaints. 
Yeah, and, and I like to be pointed and say it's not just a supporters group because originally a lot of people did think that I was just going to be the voice of the Nordeka. Um, I, I am actually the voice of like Columbus Crew fans. If that makes uh, sense. So the entire the entire fanhood is who I can like speak to. So uh, let me ask you this: because as someone that's helping to run a supporters group, you pretty much have to push aside with like other people's negative thoughts about stuff and also positive so you don't get too high about yourself. But like, how do you take that those negative criticisms that they might have and try to flip it into a positive? About me personally or about the club? About the club. So say if like oh. a fan has like something really, really nasty they want to say about the club. Like they don't feel like something being just being done. How do you not take that personally, but then also be like, all right, how can I make this situation a positive for this person? So one of the biggest tenets that I run this role with is that it has to be ran with empathy. Um, there are definitely disconnects between being a fan and working in sports. Um, and because I recognize that disconnect, I can't expect every single opinion to align with like what I'm personally wanting to do or what the club wants to do. Uh, but at the end of the day, each of these voices matter. That question is unique because here in Columbus, like we definitely have a rift in the direction we're going like, um, and it's a healthy rift. I'm gonna expand on that, but there's a bunch of fans that don't like every brand. So that's obvious. That is something that's talked about every day on social media. It's talked about every day in uh, the fan circles. So there's an actual group of people that actively don't like something that we're doing. So that is a part of my every day. Um, I don't dismiss those concerns. I don't push them aside. Um, but you're right. I don't take it personally. What I'm hearing and ingesting is people's opinions about something that they care about. And what I want to do is figure out a way to make sure that they feel heard. And then I'm able to articulate the direction I'm going. It could be a, a direction that they don't agree with. Um, but I've, what I've learned is that as long as they feel like they were given the forum and the space to articulate their concerns, uh, People appreciate if you can come back and actively be in that conversation of like, hey, I understand X, Y, Z. This is where we're going. But how can I thread the needle of like bringing you back on board to support the team, support the club? Um, so it's, it's about making sure everyone feels heard. Uh, and then on the inverse side of it, like the positivity, you get a lot of people also when to give like the ideas because they're so excited about the club. Like because I love Columbus crew, I, we should do X, Y, Z. We should do this. We should do that. It's about making sure that you're finding the correct opportunities to maximize those ideas. Because I want these humans to have ownership of their fanhood. Uh, and that's gonna look different for each person. So how can I find places where the masses generally are enjoying the club? That's that's my approach with it. Okay, okay. I mean, that's a hell of an approach. Um, so when I pivot real quick, how did you get into soccer? Because being from a city of Columbus, I kind of think about it the same way as being from Richmond where the college team is probably bigger than the professional team. And definitely you live in a city where the Buckeye is the, the ruling thing. How is it there? Like, how did you get into soccer? How are you not a wide receiver right now? <laughs> um, I actually asked, answered this question a couple of days ago, and I laughed because real, real talk, it doesn't make sense when I'm in soccer. Um, everyone here is a OSU fan. You're either OSU basketball fan, OSU football fan, um, just your OSU all through and through. Um, I definitely grew up playing like basketball with my friends, uh, but around 
uh, age, I think age 10 is when I played my first organized sport. And it was, uh, I played baseball and soccer at the same time. And then I ended up loving soccer. So I did that and then started to play hockey, like ice hockey. And the two sports, I think, together, because they were so similar, I was just like, I want to stay in this world. And I ended up choosing um, soccer just because of the, like, I'm a smaller guy. Um, I loved playing hockey, was decent at it. But the punishment you take was like, I'm going to take less of that playing soccer. And I wanted to be able to try to play soccer at a higher level. Um, so I quit hockey. My brother actually, he played all the way through, uh, like even into college a bit, but I, I decided to play soccer and I was just able, I love the, like, what's the word joy that it brought. Um, 2002 came around at that same moment where I'm like starting to take ownership of my soccer. And we had that run. And I remember going to watch parties and stuff and being like, ah, oh, I see Kobe Jones. I see DeMarcus Beasley. And this is super dope. I want to do that and play at a high level. And then 2004, Mr. Freddie Adu came on stage and you got to see another guy that like looks like me doing it. So I'm like, this is what I want to do. This is cool. This is fun. And uh, I just took ownership of it. And thankfully, my parents supported it. Um, a lot of my friends really didn't. Like, honestly, I remember up until I was an adult, it was like hard to find people to play with outside of like my club team. But uh, I think my support system around me really like allowed me to be myself and soccer allowed me to express myself in different ways. And that's where I found my home. Being a young black man and like, I definitely understand where you're coming from. But like it's difficult for un finding someone else to play soccer with. Yeah. Being a young black man in a city that I assume is predominantly white, like what were some of the things you had to overcome? Like yeah. internal fears of yourself and also external fears. Yeah. Um, so it's funny. Columbus today is a pretty diversity. Uh, it's, I mean, honestly, yes, it is more white than it is anything else, but um, I mean, it's the Midwest, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, for me, honestly, it was just being intentional. So I used to play a lot with like our Hispanic leagues. Um, we have a huge Somalian um, uh, community here. Um, even people from Sierra Leone, um, Ghana, finding those pockets to play with. Um, and honestly, that's where a lot of like my joy came from because they just played it so differently than the way I would play with my club team. My club team was very much so here's your basics, do those well, which there's merit there, but it was very methodical. It was very, it wasn't as expressive. So my love for the game grew of playing with those groups. And I, you know, I started to figure out where those groups were at. Like I used to go to, uh, there's a small little city called Reynoldsburg around here. And my sister and I, uh, she also played and she's actually, I'll talk about her a little bit. She's way better than I can even be. Um, but she, and I would go out there and it would just be like Sunday afternoons and a bunch of the guys from the Hispanic group would have like a pickup versus some of the guys from the African league. And it was just fun. It was just fun football. And uh, to this day, I'll run to people at the stadium who remember, well, they remember my sister first and then they'll remember me and they're like, Oh yeah, you used to be out in that field kicking it. Like, I just had so many memories out there and it just like um, the joy and the passion, the freestyling, all that stuff came to life out there. So it just stuck with me. You just had to work very intentionally to find those pockets. Ah. So, so is the sister like better than you? Like a lot sister's better? Balling. Sister's balling. <laughs> so, okay. This is the way I like to describe myself. I am very decent. Uh, and it's in the most Tyler way, like you, you've, you like to tease me about how I like humble brag or whatever. Um, I will, 
I will be an asset to your team. I will figure out a way to be an asset to your team, not just a, a, a role player. I will figure out a way to be a person that you want on your team. That's my playing style. I play a lot bigger than I am, but my sister has that unique, like she's tiny. She's like 110 pounds, five foot three ish, but she plays even bigger than I do. So she played uh, after those pickup days, she would just play in men's leagues and to the point where like they respected her and they're like, you need to be on our team every week. So I just watch her. It's the way she reads the game. She sees it just like miles before anyone else does. She went through the whole like Olympic development program and got to the point where they invited her to Florida and she turned it down. She just like, eh, I just don't feel it. And it pissed me off because I'm over here like, you know, trying to do my damn thing and obviously working through the same system. Um, I didn't get to the point where you got invited because like, I aged out like my when I got to that peak, I had just hit 18 and I was like, I'm going to go to school instead. Uh, but she got in there young. So for her to see her like keep getting invited, keep getting invited and her just turning it down. Mess with me. But, yeah, she would come back uh, every every summer from school and every single guy team would be like they knew she was in town. They were ready for her. I, I remember one of my guys, uh, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, he played all four years at a D2 school. And I remember she subbed in against him once. And I remember him immediately running to the other team or sorry, his teammates and being like, I am telling you, there's one person on this field you mark now. It's her. And they look at him and they're like, there's no way she's like, she's so tiny. There's no way. So I promise you, like, I can't mark her. Cause I'm, he's like marking their big guy. And it ended up, she ended up having a hat trick and like two assists. And it was just like mind blowing to see that she doesn't care. She, at some point she just like, will seek guys out just to embarrass them on the field. It's it's wild. It's wild. She is definitely known here in the in the the adult leagues. So wow. sister got it. I'm just decent. So that's hilarious that your sister actually had a chance to go to the Olympics, like be a part of the Olympic squad. Like I remember insane. I remember when she went to school in New York, she told me, I forget who I think it was Chris Armas, I guess, had like even seen her. And I guess he kind of like knew who she was. This is the story she told me. And he was like, why are you just out here kicking around? Like, you're not even on the club team. She's like, I just don't want to. That's her personality. She just wants to enjoy the game for what it is. Wow. And she's good. She's done her undergrad and her master's, and she just she's loving life. She just loves to play soccer at a high level. That's so, what's up. So anytime she comes in town, I for sure get her on my squad because I don't want to play against her. I love playing with her, <laughs> but I do not like playing against her. <laughs> I will understand that. Yeah. I would hate to be embarrassed by my own sister. That's, that's not fun. I think for me, though, it's not, okay, because she doesn't necessarily embarrass me. It's just I know how to stop her, and I don't feel comfortable, like, like having to, like, throw my body around to, like, break her down. Like, because, like, you have to be really physical to her. Like, I just, I would be like, damn, I just body slammed my sister across. <laughs> I don't know. It just feels weird. So I'm just like, I'd rather just play with you. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, she plays, she plays bigger than she is. You have to be physical. That's just how you have to play her. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, that that, that makes sense. You got to do what you got to do. Um. So I, I want to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Um. So recently, you know, Columbus hosted a World Cup qualifying, and yeah. we'll talk about that. But mm-hmm. you was also, I guess, kind of like the host for the day. How, how was that for you? Uh, are you talking about that like that recognition thing that happened? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, God, just trying to embarrass me. So I found out. Dude, it was the most. Dude, it was the most. Um, I mean, I'm. Y'all never believe me. I am a shyer person. 
so everything about that was like, oh my God, it was like a lot. Uh, what happened was, I guess, when I came into the club, U.S. Soccer had reached out to the, the crew asking for people in the community doing good things around soccer and equality and diversity. Um, I was proximity to the club at the time when they reached out. So they, they like, I guess, nominated me. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, they did that at most of the World Cup qualifying games. So about three weeks into the job, they're like, hey, Tyler, we hadn't told you this. We kind of put you up for this nomination. Uh, I think they're going to choose you. And at the time, U.S. Soccer even didn't even know I was working for the club. They just saw the stuff that I was doing outside of crew. So we have this like big meeting and they explain to me what it is. And they're like, we've chosen you. Um, like, how hard is it to get you to the games? I'm like, I, I literally am here. Like, I work here. <laughs> like, I work here. So it was, it was neat to be able to to do that they had a whole like uh like on field honoring ceremony they kind of talk about the things you're doing and you have to sit out there and wave to everybody for 60 seconds it's the longest 60 seconds of your life uh and again because it's just like i'm just like i'm little old me like the work that my me and my team uh that i was doing like i rather talk about that it's just weird having it all kind of like all that recognition be put on one person but it was cool. And I mean, because of that, I met a lot of cool people. And uh, I mean, even now, I still like work with U.S. soccer when they come through. Like they're coming back in January. Uh, I'm excited to see them and help them with some cool stuff and go from there. But I did I did like legitimately work that game. I worked it and then hopped on the field at halftime to wave and went right back to work. <laughs> well, what is some of the work you do in Columbus? Because, I mean, you talked about it, but you never really hinted. Well, what's, what's some of the work you do? Yeah, so a um, couple of things. Uh, a lot of my work is in the give back space. Um, so I volunteer a lot. I work with a lot of the nonprofits around. But during uh, the unrest last year, we we launched a like an advocacy platform uh, just to kind of give voices to the ones that are unheard. And it was easy to start when we start with the Black community because of the political line, landscape and we wanted to just create awareness around it uh, since then we've we've done a different a bunch of different um groups we've we've worked with like the down syndrome community here we've worked with the asian community um got some stuff in the works for the hispanic communities we're just trying to find the, like voices that are not, they're not being heard but they're also like in need of being elevated their issues uh the things they go through the things they have to work and fight through um, how can we assist and how can we also provide a place for allies to come on board? Um, I tell people all the time to be an ally is an uncomfortable thing. Um, you've got to be able to put yourself aside and relate and or not sorry, relate. Sorry. You need to be able to hear the person that's going through what they're going through and how can you empower or support them? And that's hard because putting aside your ego, what you're used to, what you're comfortable with and what the advocacy platform does is that we come alongside them and provide them with resources uh, to understand how to move in that space. So that's, I think that's why they found because of all that, that work in the diversity. That is an amazing thing, man. Cause yeah. th those are, those are the untold conversations that needs to be had. And we saw a lot of that in, I mean, we both are in the same space and we'll talk the soccer Twitter and things like that of a lot of clubs and a lot of these higher ups say they're allies but the moment they step out of line, they we be like, hey, like this isn't right. They throw it in our face of, mm -hmm. well, I support Black Lives Matter. I support Black this. Mm -hmm. I support Black that. And 
you know, a lot of the times, like, they have to learn how to put their egos to the side to understand, like, yeah. you might yes. assume that it's right, but it's not right. And that's the hard part. I mean, and even for, like, myself, when it came to a bunch of the, like, um, violence that was being aimed towards Asian Americans, like, I obviously am not Asian American, and they have a completely different set of struggles that we, but they do have struggles. So I have to put aside, like, what I know and what my experience is that, yes, may have uh, trauma and hardship, I have to be able to put myself aside and hear what they're going through uh, and, and come alongside that community. So that's what that program does. We've partnered with um, a bunch of this, the the local businesses here, um, a couple of like national platforms. Um, we even worked with like Zach, uh, Zach Stefan and his stuff at Voice Now. Uh, it's been really fun to see how that goes. Uh, we're trying to try to revamp it for next year. Um, we have a small team now, which helps because bandwidth was a thing for a little bit. Uh, but the small team is helping us kick things off, and we'll see what 2022 brings us. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for you guys out there, man. Thanks. Definitely see what you guys can do. Thanks. Um, Happy New Year from the Four Dickers Podcast. Soccer podcast for us, by us. In our first episode of 2022, we're joined by a fellow Coachverse member and the writer of the Soccer She Wrote blog, Mariah Lee. We talk about her recent move from Scotland to Denmark, the differences between food in those two countries, basketball and soccer, all the traditions, and more. Join me, Grego, Silves, and Yogi on your favorite podcast apps on the FTC UTD YouTube channel at twocentsfc.com. So you wear a lot of hats and in the community and, and with soccer and whatnot. And one of those hats is what Two Cents FC what are you guys looking to do with that brand and how are you guys looking to build upon it? Yeah. So at Tucson Sports, our whole mission is to amplify and elevate black voices in and around the game of, uh, of soccer for Tucson's FC, but just in general sports. Um, what we want to be able to do is provide spaces and avenues to be able to tell these stories, whether it's through podcasts, whether it's through experiential moments like uh, camps and um, just even like in market storytelling is what I like to call it. Uh, we want to give those platforms. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I think right now for next year, you're going to see us do a lot more intentional storytelling, like through our podcast, uh, especially through video. We're starting to jump into like web series and documentaries. Um, but yeah, man, it's just figuring out how do we tell those stories, the black stories in the sports that we all love. Okay. Okay. I mean, I definitely am interested. I mean, of course, I'm with the brand. <laughs> <In person. laughs> how, you're, like, how, you're like, do I still like align with this? Like, I know you on here, but like, you say some suspect stuff, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's all about, I, I am interested truly to see how how it all goes and how it all works. Um, I guess having a brand in is very new to, to soccer itself is what I like to call it, the podcast boom. Mm-hmm. of black soccer media it, it, it's the realm of which we ourselves are just now learning and exploring our voices because before you might have had mickey turner out of seattle mm-hmm. um yeah the report out of national just gave me my name you might have had like Drake. three or four people big kills yeah um but very rarely did you have local media like myself or like grego People that are covering these leagues, covering these teams, mm-hmm. 
And it's important to know that, you, you know, we're starting to build these brands, but how do they can push that, push our message out there and stuff. Yeah. I think that's, and it's cool. Cause like that's, that's the lane we want to play. And it's where we do best is that like that grassroots slash local level. Um, because when you tell those stories to that community, they're, they're more meaningful because they're people that you can reach, have access to. You're telling stories of people, you know, at that point. Um, so that's what makes it a lot more, I think, intriguing to the public because we're telling stories that we are literally tied to. And it's so much easier to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, who, who's better than, who's better to tell the story of, you know, black soccer than the guys that are in it? Exactly. 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 And I, and I think that's um, what also helps us tell these stories better because when we bring in, say, the personalities, the coaches, the players, uh, people recognize that, like, we get it. We live in this space. We, we live and breathe it. We're not just, uh, we're not just some guys who are like, Number one, we're not just all just fanboys and girls. Uh, we live and breathe it in a sense of we respect where they're at. Little one, you might be the worst, the worst. Uh, <laughs> we um, we understand exactly what that life looks like. So we're able to, like, get our people to open up to us because they respect us. Yeah. So. And that, that's very true. That's very true. Um, so I want to ask you this, man. Like, how did you get into Nordeca? And what made you latch on to the Columbus route the way how you did uh, so let me answer the second question first, like how we okay. latched onto the crew. Um, I uh, I went to the like the very beginning, like the league's been around since '96. Um, I saw him at like Ohio State Stadium. Uh, was there when the stadium opened? The new, the at the time it was the brand new first ever soccer stadium in America, Crew Stadium, uh, in 1999. And again, where I started to kind of like have that bond that I told you about earlier when I was like my 12 years old. Um, the crew was an embodiment of everything I wanted to do. I mean, I was looking at the national team with Demarcus Beasley and Kobe Jones. Well, when I was here, I had Edson Buttle and Jeff Cunningham. Those those are the guys I looked up to, and I got to watch them week in and week out. And seeing what they did and what they did was obviously very good. I think what Jeff's like, what, number three all-time scorer at this point? Yeah, I think so. Because I think it goes, was it, Wondolowski, Donovan, I think Cunningham, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but to see him do his work week in, week out, like I wanted to be like him. And as I got older, uh, obviously I played and went to college. And when I was in school, I was like, I wanted to end up being in the business of soccer somehow. Uh, and when it comes to everything I'm doing, I one of my jobs that I was like really, really, really um, had a lot of ownership of was I worked with a small company called Pursuit. Uh, they're a lo local company that sells suits, uh, but I was given the job of like their brand storytelling, their marketing. And one of my first projects was telling the story of the Columbus crew. And we did like a whole like suit partnership with them. And luckily I knew enough of the players just on my own. So it felt like I was working with friends. So it was easier to tell those stories. Well, I worked like six months of prep, marketing, everything. And the week before we launch this, this whole like marketing campaign to the world the club decides that they may possibly leave um and at that point i had to kind of just like sit back and like how do i now tell this story differently because i've got six months of work talking about how much this team means to the community how much they <laughs> mean to the city of columbus and i didn't want to be tone deaf up against uh the possible move so i think it was a lot of 
the way that I was able to navigate that space, like upholding our contracts with the club and MLS, but also coming alongside Save the Crew, I think that helped give me legitimacy to my soccer voice across Nordeca and people just kind of got to know who I was. Uh, and because of that, when we launched the advocacy platform, they reached out and we did a partnership with them. Like our, 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 uh, supporter jersey like has the columbus speaks which is the advocacy platform has them across the jersey so in those meetings uh we became pretty close and when the rebrand happened uh they brought me in as one of the like voices of the fans to talk with ownership about like how can we find the middle a middle ground with the with the uh rebrand and i think from there just me being myself i just built relationships and the Nordeka respects me, and here we are. I now have a job with the squad. It is a good job that you do very well, man. Um, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> Before we wrap up, man, uh, where can everyone reach out to you at, and if they want to talk to you more, see more of the work that you're doing? Yeah, um, I'm active on Twitter most. Uh, so it's Chai T Addict. It is an old college thing that I need to change, uh, but Chai T and Addict. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Ty Phillips seven, uh, obviously two cents FC on Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty available. I'm pretty, um, transparent and I like to say pretty real. You ask me a question, I do my best to respond and engage and have a conversation. So yeah, man. Well, man, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you. Mm -hmm. Um, as always listeners, we will talk to you guys later. We will catch you guys on the good side. I'll let you later.